With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, I'm going to take a look at the best midfielders. We're going to continue the series where we take a look at every single price point. If you have been enjoying them and all the other pre-season content, make sure to give the video a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you want to get your team rated for free, you can use the My Team tool on Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the description below. So let's start off with the two most expensive midfielders. You've got Salah at 12.5 million and De Bruyne at 10.5 million. And when I'm discussing options, there's always two things that I'm considering. One, are they just a good FPL player in isolation? And then two, how do they fit into overall strategy and how people are setting up their squads? And I think both of these players are great in isolation. I'm just not sure they fit in that well in game week one. So let's start off with Salah. He's 12.5 million. For the previous six seasons, we'd absolutely have him in our squads for that price because there hasn't really been another player like him. But obviously this year... We've got Haaland, who's coming at 14 million, so it's much more difficult to fit Salah in. And when you do pay 12.5 million, you want to be able to captain that player as well. And when you look at the first six game weeks, the only fixture where I think Salah is the standout better option is Bournemouth at home. And if you had to captain Haaland against Newcastle away, it really wouldn't be the end of the world. So unless you can get Salah and Haaland in and are happy with the rest of your squad, it is very difficult, or, or a bit more difficult than normal, to justify salary in your side. That being said, if you're thinking, well, hang on, I'm definitely going to have him, that is perfectly fine, because he's still fantastic. Last year was his fourth highest total score out of six seasons. 0.78 expected goal involvement is what his average is over six seasons. So he's not letting up in terms of creating chances, goal-scoring opportunities, and stuff like that. And going into this season... You would still expect Liverpool to score a lot of goals. And who's the one that's nailed on? It's Salah. The other four players you'd be looking at, Diaz, Jota, Darwin and Gakpo, they're all fighting for two spots. So that's one of the reasons you pay the premium for Salah and he's on penalties as well. And I think outside of maybe Chelsea away game week one and Newcastle away game week three, the opening six fixtures aren't even that bad either. So it's one of those players where I can't sit here and say he's a bad option because he's not. But I think the way people are setting up for game week one, it is much more difficult to include in the normal. So there's no right or wrong answer. If you want him, fine. But I think it is a chance that I'll start the season with that. And I still need to think about that a little bit more. With De Bruyne, similar situation in that the fixtures are fantastic, but he's 1.5 million more than the likes of Rashford and Son. And I think that money can go quite a long way. Also, it's worth saying at this point in pre-season, he could be injured for the start of the year. So obviously, if he is injured, no one's going to include him. If he is fit for game week one, he should be pretty much nailed. I know he obviously had issues towards the end of last year, but there's no cup competition or European competitions either. And if you do have the extra money, he would be a massive differential for six game weeks where Man City do have incredible fixtures. So again, I think for most people, the way they're setting their squads up, it's difficult to find a space for De Bruyne. 
But if he was fully fit for game week one, massive differential, especially with those fixtures. So we've got two £9 million midfielders this season, Rashford and Son. Both can be considered for game week one. If I had to lean towards picking one over the other, I probably would just about go for Marcus Rashford. You look at those expected goal involvement numbers from last season, Rashford's at 0.77 per 90 minutes versus Son at 0.55. I think Man United's fixtures are slightly better as well. They both have to play Arsenal away and Burnley away in the opening six matches, but Man United have got three home games outside of that versus Spurs is two. And I just think Man United are a little bit more settled right now. Eric Ten Hag's been there for a whole season. He's going into his second year now. All the players know how he wants to set up, how they're going to play. I don't think that's going to change too much this year. Whereas for Spurs, they're playing a wing-back system last year. Back four now. New manager in Postacoglu. Few new personnel to come in as well. I'm sure some of the members of the squad that didn't play much last year, they might have a chance to come in as well. So I just think for Spurs, there's a lot more changes and there might be a period where they have to adapt so I would pick Rashford over Son that being said if you're not going to go for someone like Salah or Kane alongside Haaland there is a lot of money to go around and there's no reason why you couldn't include both because Son didn't perform how we know he can last year his ownership's going to be pretty low we know he had like hernia issues and stuff like that he's had surgery for I would expect him to do better this year and I've seen a lot of talk about how Postacoglu is going to set up how he uses his wingers quite high and wide and maybe that is the case but I also think good managers adapt to the personnel they have and Son is not a player that you keep high and wide he's someone that you get close to goal so I could see a big improvement from him this year versus last year and I do quite like the fixtures even though I think Man United are slightly better so if you're contemplating starting with both nine million pound midfielders I think it's a pretty nice idea so as I said at the start of the video if you want to get your current draft rated for free you can check out the my team tool on fantasy football hub just click the link at the top of the description below if you want to use some of the other features of that tool check out the members articles the fixture analyzer the opta stats the points projections and all the other cool stuff that's on offer there are memberships available as well up to 50 percent off at the moment and if you sign up don't win your mini league you can get your money back terms and conditions apply all links you need in the description below so we've got three great options at 8.5 million saka fernandez and odegaard and if you've been watching my videos throughout pre-season you'll know i'm keen on having saka in my squad Interestingly, when you look at the expected goal involvement numbers, Sack is at 0.46, Fernandez is 0.72, and Odegaard is 0.53. So why do I have Saka at the top? There's a few reasons. Versus Odegaard, obviously Saka's on penalties, Odegaard isn't. I also think Saka's minutes are just as good, if not slightly better. And also, if I'm predicting one of those two players to do better this season, and one to maybe do slightly worse... I'm going to put Saka as the one to improve. I think Odegaard, for what it's worth, is still a fantastic option at that price. But I just think if there's going to be a slight drop-off in terms of goals and assists, I'd probably say it's going to be him rather than Saka. So between those two, I'd definitely put Saka ahead. And then with Fernandez, his underlying numbers are fantastic. He's also nailed on great minutes penalties. But I just think Arsenal's fixtures are slightly better. There are some question marks, I know, that with Mason Mount in the team, will there be times when Fernandez drops a little bit deeper because Mason Mount could play further forward I'm not really too concerned about that I think Fernandez's position in the team is pretty settled but I guess there is that thing to look at over pre-season so between these three I would pick Saka first then Fernandez then Odegaard but I think you could consider all three for game week one so we've only got two options at eight million that's Martinelli at Arsenal and Jota at Liverpool just on Jota first of all I feel the same about him as I do every other Liverpool attacker that's not called Salah and that is that we cannot guarantee enough minutes from him 
for him to be a good option in game week one. Like, he can play centre-forward, so can Darwin and Gakpo. He can play left wing, so can Darwin and Diaz. There's just too much competition in those Liverpool spots. Unless something major happens in pre-season, or there's some injuries or stuff like that, I just don't think we can consider any of them. And don't get me wrong, Jota is fantastic. If at some point he becomes nailed on, he suddenly becomes one of the best options in the game, especially at 8 million. But I don't think anyone can guarantee that. I know people have strong opinions about who's first choice, but there is no guarantee whatsoever. So I think for game week one, it's hard to include someone like Jota. With Martinelli, I want to confirm my stance on him because I think some people are under the impression that I think it's likely he's going to get benched. And I don't really think that whatsoever. I would expect the Arsenal front three, most of the time, to be Martinelli, Jesus and Saka. All I'm saying is... As good as it is that Martinelli has 0.66 expected goal involvement per 90, which is higher than Saka, higher than Odegaard, I do think he's more susceptible to being substituted for someone like Trossard. So I don't know how high his minutes are going to be. I think on average last year in the league, he played about 78 minutes. I could see that dropping this year per appearance. He might still be a fantastic option for the first few game weeks, especially for those of you that want to play with triple Arsenal attack. Because I think you'd probably go Saka Jesus and one of the midfielder so why not get the one for 0.5 million less but if you're going to go for just one midfielder for Arsenal I think it's got to be Saka and the reason that I like Jesus so much is because he takes up a forward spot whereas in midfield there's so many other options we can consider so I don't think the Martinelli is a bad option I don't think he's going to get benched multiple times in the first six game weeks I just think although his underlying numbers are a little bit better than everyone else in that team his minutes are probably not going to be quite as good especially when everyone is fully fit if Trossard's not fit to start the season totally different conversation you'd probably see him in my game week one squad but right now i'm not quite as sure about him as others are so there's quite a few interesting options at 7.5 million the top three that i've picked out are madison Grealish, and foden we'll talk about the rest in a minute the reason i got madison at the top is mostly because of minutes i just think when he's fully fit he's going to be pretty much nailed to start every single game for spurs and at 0.56 expected goal involvement per 90 is quite comparable to Grealish 0.55 and Foden 0.62 fixture wise Spurs' games aren't quite as good as Man City's opening six but obviously like I've said with Madison you've got no concerns whatsoever about whether or not he's going to be on that team sheet I think a lot of people have already talked about how he's probably going to be an attacking eight under Postacoglu so still have that chance to be creative for the likes of Kane and Son but hopefully also get involved with the goals and he should take over a lot of set pieces as well ultimately he's going to be surrounded by better players than he was at Leicester and I think we should probably expect a little bit of improvement in terms of his output so lots to be excited about with him and he's 1.5 million less than son i just think 7.5 is like that weird price point where if people have a bit of money they'll happily upgrade to an 8.5 and also there's lots of good options at 6.5 so i don't know if everyone has a slot for a seven and a half million player but if they do there's definitely nothing wrong with madison whatsoever i think Grealish right now is also a player that you would say probably no issues with minutes he seems to have that left wing spot kind of nailed down last year they don't have too many other players that play that role either like foden could play there but Grealish was definitely ahead of him last year i think fixture wise you would give it to Grealish over Madison. But I just think when you add in set pieces and stuff like that, 
later on, no kind of European games or anything like that for Spurs either. I probably would just have Madison slightly ahead of Grealish. I don't know what it is about Grealish. Hardly anyone's talking about him. His numbers are pretty good. He plays in a team that are going to score a ridiculous amount of goals. And there's still something that says to me, he's not quite right for my FPL team. There's slightly better options I could have instead. But maybe that is a little bit unfair. Let me know what you think in the comments below. What I would say about Foden... If his minutes are looking good at the start of the season, he easily goes to the top of the list for 7.5 million players. And I think a lot of people are expecting that to happen. If De Bruyne is injured and obviously uh, Mares goes, then Bernardo Silva probably plays on the right. Foden probably plays through the middle. And how many games he plays will probably depend on what ha what happens to other players so I think there is a chance that Foden does become the number one 7.5 at the start of the season but if all those things don't happen I probably would just look at going for Madison instead I just think even though the numbers aren't that different between Grealish or Foden you just have that bit more confidence that in front of goal Foden's going to do a little bit better I, ju I just think that's what it is it's not just a numbers thing it's from from a watching games thing as well looking at the other 7.5 million players how Havertz, we really need to see what his role is going to be in that Arsenal team. Is he going to be nailed on to play every single week? Is he going to be in a you know attacking role where he's going to be involved with the goals and stuff like that? Obviously, he's not going to play as a defensive midfielder. I completely get that. But I think we need to see exactly how it's going to work. Luis Diaz, exactly the same as Jota. Just wouldn't be happy with his minutes. Mares is probably going to leave. And that is the only other 7.5. So I must admit, I'm not that enamoured by the £7 million midfielders. I just think for 0.5 million more, you get someone a bit more interested. In. And for 0.5 million less, you are going to be getting an all-round better FPL option for the first six game weeks. If you are going to spend 7 million, Raheem Sterling is probably the player that I would go for. I think at 28 or 29 years old, he's definitely not past his peak. Even though Chelsea weren't great last year, he still put up 0.57 expected goal involvement per 90. You do have to go back a few seasons now, but three times he's put up 200 plus points. There is a very good and a very experienced player there who I think will be first first choice for that left wing position they've got Pochettino in charge we should expect some improvement how quickly that happens will remain to be seen but they have got that fixture turn in game week three so I think there's quite a bit to be excited about there if you want to spend seven million I just think he's a better option than anyone else you could go for like Bowen for example 0.41 expected goal involvement per 90 is a lot lower although his minutes are fantastic he basically starts every game that he's fit you could also point and say well hang on this is a guy that got 200 points not last year but the year before that is true but his goal threat did drop last season and a lot of those points where he got 200 came from fancy assists which aren't necessarily repeatable what I mean by that is you know, De Bruyne and Fernandes, they create a lot of chances. They get quite a few assists. With Bowen, it was stuff like handballs from crosses that he was getting assists for. Not all of them, of course, but some of them were from that. So I'm not sure he's going to get to 200 plus again. But because he plays all the time, he's always going to be someone we should consider. But in the first six game weeks, West Ham have got Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Man City at home, Liverpool. I just think when you look at that fixture run you'd be better off taking the gamble with Chelsea and Sterling instead. Then you've got Kulisevsky. I'm, I'm not actually sure he should have been third on this list. Maybe it should have been someone like Anthony and Man United instead. Kulisevsky's numbers last year were pretty poor. I suspect, like Son, he will improve this year, and the fixtures are okay. But for 0.5 million more, you can get Madison. And I just think he's going to be an all-round better option than Kulisevsky. Just looking uh, at the other options really quickly, Trossard, definitely not nailed on. I wouldn't look at him. Sobosly, I guess we can 
see in pre-season how he kind of sets up in that Liverpool team. But I think even though they've sold quite a few players, there is still a bit of competition with those midfield slots. So I don't know if he's going to play every single game. So that would maybe worry me. I know he's good at set pieces, but so uh, is obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold. And Salah is going to keep penalties as well, you would imagine. Mason Mount possibly... If, you know, over a course of a bunch of games, Fernandes is always playing deeper, Amount's always playing more advanced, he could be an option. But I think Fernandes is going to play in that attacking kind of number 10 role quite a lot. So I'm not quite convinced by Mount straight away, but preseason might change our mind. I've just mentioned Anthony. He's pretty much nailed on. Underlying numbers are okay. Not always the greatest in front of goal, but probably ahead of Kulisevsky. Sancho definitely not nailed. The other player that I will mention is Richarlison. If Kane does leave and goes to Bayern Munich, which there is a lot of chat about, mostly from Bayern Munich, it has to be said. But let's say he does go then you would imagine that Son and Richarlison, one of them will play through the middle and one of them will play left wing. All of a sudden, Richarlison at 7 million becomes an option. So definitely not one now, but if Kane leaves, watch this space. So as you probably know, I love the 6.5 million midfielders this season and my top three are Mbomo, Matoma and March. The reason I've got the Brentford man as number one is because I think he's absolutely nailed for starts, great for minutes as well. Obviously, Brentford could dip into the transfer market and buy another forward or two, in which case we'll have this conversation again but I'd be very surprised if he's not first choice for Brentford next season with Tony suspended he should also be on penalties as well and when I look at those fixtures I think the opening six game weeks maybe even the opening eight or nine are just slightly better for Brentford and longer term they don't have any European matches and stuff like that to contend with it is very close though if you turned around to me and said I'm going to go for Matoma or March instead I'd say fair play that is a great choice all three of these players are fantastic you could even start with two of them if you wanted to depending on how uh, your squad is set up just looking at the other players at 6.5 you've got Gross who's another Brighton midfielder probably on penalties without McAllister as well I don't think penalties is a big enough advantage to make him better than Matoma or March because I think there is a chance that he'll continue to play in a deeper role in midfield but again pre-season might tell us different if he is advanced and he's on penalties he might suddenly become the best option out of those three I think Mudrick is just probably not going to get enough minutes not early on anyway Eze should be nailed under Roy Hodgson on penalties as well Crystal Palace opening fixtures aren't bad Sheffield United away Arsenal at home Brentford away first three then it's Wolves Villa and Fulham I just think all three of the players I just spoke about are better for the first six matches than Eze is. So it's not that he's awful. I just think the other three are better. Also, his underlying numbers are quite a bit worse than those three as well. So I don't think there's any reason to start with him ahead of those three I mentioned that I've mentioned quite a lot now and then you've got Bernardo Silva and Man City I just think there's better ways to fill your Man City spots if Mares goes and they don't buy another player to play right wing then suddenly you've only really got Bernardo or Foden as the main two so that might make Bernardo Silva a little bit better but right now he's not someone I'm considering and I just don't know if Amron's going to be nailed on because you know if Wilson plays through the middle and maybe Isaac plays on the left or Jolinton or someone like that They've still got quite a few options that can play on the right as well. Almiron, Murphy, maybe even Gordon as well. So Almiron had that spell last year where he was fantastic. I don't think we're going to be going for him in game week one.
So there are a lot of options for 6 million, but the problem for me is the drop-off in FPL quality from the 6.5s is pretty huge. I can't think of any 6 million pound midfielder that I would want in my squad. Take Gibbs White, for example, that a few people have been talking about. I get that he's nailed on for Forrest and he's probably got penalties now, but those underlying numbers are really poor. 0.36 expected goal involvement per 90. And you might say, yeah, but he's only 6 million. And I get that. But for 0.5 million more, I can get such a better FPL option I'd rather make a sacrifice elsewhere. And then you look at the Nottingham Forest fixtures to open the season. First six games, they got Arsenal away, Man United away, Chelsea away, and Man City away. So I cannot see any reason why you would put him in your game week one squad unless you were trying to fit so many premiums in that you had to have a £6 million mid and you were just going to hold them long term for when the fixtures get better. But I just can't see why you would take up a midfield slot for them. Similar thing with kind of Brennan Johnson. Obviously, right now, he's at Nottingham Forest. He's got the same issue with fixtures. There are rumours that Brentford want to buy him. If that happens, obviously, there's knock-on effects. Maybe he then becomes a better option. Maybe that makes some of the other players like Mbomo and Wissa slightly worse. We'll have to wait and see. But even then, Johnson's underlying numbers are not fantastic. Jacob Ramsey's a player that a lot of people like. Similar numbers to Gibbs White. He may be injured. So I just don't know which 6 million mid you'd want to include. If we look at the rest of the list, I think you've got Buendia, uh, Coutinho, and Tielemans all at Villa. Maybe they're going to be options at some point, but I think there's minutes concerns for some of them. Tielemans may be on penalties. Maybe he gets them off Watkins. That's not guaranteed. Elise uh, is injured at the moment. I think he's an okay option at 6 million. But again, I'd probably rather pay 0.5 more to get Eze, who's got better underlying numbers, and is on penalties. I can't see any reason why you would just save that 0.5 unless you absolutely had to. Ericsson's minutes are probably going to come down this year. McAllister, similar to uh, Soboslai, will he you know will he play from the off every single game how far advanced will he be and then you've got the Newcastle midfielders some people have said with Tonali there Bruno Gomerish might get further forward it could be the other way around maybe Bruno Gomerish sits deep and Tonali gets a little bit further forward we'll have to wait and see maybe I've got that wrong again preseason will tell us that so Maximin's probably going to go Joe Linton may play in midfield he could play left wing again would I really want him in my midfield probably not Ben Rama's not nailed uh, and, and yeah, there's not really too many other options. So I just think the £6 million midfield slots are one of the worst in FPL. I think when you go down in price, they don't get much better in terms of underlying stats, but at least they cost less money. I just think at £6 million, you better find that 0.5 and get someone like Mbomo, Matoma or March instead. So at 5.5 million, it doesn't get much better, but at least you're paying less money for similar underlying numbers. If you look at McNeil, 0.37, Andreas, 0.36, that's quite comparable to the likes of Gibbs, White, and Johnson that we just spoke about. The player that really stands out is in CISO. He put up a quite incredible 0.78 expected goal involvement per 90 minutes last year. It was a small sample of games, but it is quite promising for the future. We saw him play. He was great. He's young. He's only going to improve especially under Deserby. The problem is, will he get those minutes? Last year, he was mostly used as a number 10. McAllister is now gone, so that does free up a spot. But Gross is capable of playing there. João Pedro could play off a forward. They could just play with two strikers. There's no guarantee that Inciso gets minutes. But if he does continue to perform at the level we've seen so far, even if he got like four or five starts in the first six, you could maybe consider him. The problem for me is... 
You've got a maximum of five midfield slots. A lot of people are playing 3-5-2. There's like 10, 15, 20 midfielders that I kind of like this year. It's very easy to fill those spots. And unless I was sure about Nciso's minutes, I just don't think I would go there. If you're playing a slightly different formation, like a 3-4-3 or something like that, or a 4-4-2, and you've got a midfielder on your bench, and you've got a bit of money to go around, maybe you take the risk that at some point Nciso will play quite often... And just spend that extra money and have a 5.5 midfielder on your bench. Most people are not going to want to do that. But it is something to consider. So he probably looks like the best option right now. Even though he's not necessarily nailed on. I think McNeil's probably the best option for Everton. Should start most games. Underlying numbers are okay for 5.5. Andreas is someone I'm interested in. Because if Mitrovic leaves, he'll probably get penalties. But outside of that, it does feel not great to have to spend a million more than we did last year. And then there's lots of other 5.5s that could be considered. I'm not going to go through every single one because it would take too long. But I've written down some names. So you've got William, who's just signed back to um, Fulham now. He's also 5.5. Madaweki at Chelsea. We'll have to wait and see how they set up. But if Mudrick and Sterling are mostly going to be used on the left, they don't really have too many players for the right. So Madaweki could play. You've got Sharda at Brentford is a cheaper option to Wissa and Mbomo. Billin at Bournemouth. You've got Gordon at Newcastle if he's first choice. And of course, Neto, 5.5 million at Wolves. So we're in really dodgy territory now discussing £5 million midfielders. But to be fair, the way that FPL have done the pricing this year, there's not too many £4.5 million midfielders that are guaranteed starts or attacking returns. So for those of you that have got a midfielder on the bench, you might have to spend that extra £0.5 million to get those security of starts. So let's talk about the options. One is Enzo Fernandez at Chelsea. Should be absolutely nailed on to start pretty much every game. And obviously you're not expecting massive amounts of attacking returns for £5 million. So even though his expected goal involvement was quite low, the fact that you can rely on him to be on that team sheet every week is quite good. Maybe those numbers will improve this year because Chelsea should improve in general. But it's not like I expect him to go and play as a number 8 or a number 10 or anything like that. The downside to Enzo Fernandez is he takes up a Chelsea spot. And I know what you're thinking right now. I don't want any Chelsea players. Fair enough. But at some point, if they do hit the ground running, with that fixture turn in game week three, with the options like Kepa, 4.5 million centre-backs, James, Chilwell, and Kunku, Nicholas Jackson, you might want three Chelsea players at some point. And I don't think Enzo Fernandes is so good that I would want to block that opportunity to have those three if needed. If you're sure you're not going to do that, then obviously consider him if you need a £5 million midfielder. Sarabia put up really good um, underlying numbers last year, thanks to FPL Kiwi on Twitter for pointing out that he was only £5 million this year. 0.34 expected goal involvement per 90. The only problem there is will he get enough minutes? I'm not convinced he's going to be nailed on for Wolves, but if in pre-season it looks like he will be... He's probably one of the best, if not the best, £5 million option. You've also got Sander Berg at Sheffield United. I have seen people talking about who's going to have penalties for Sheffield United. I'm not expecting them to go and get like five, six, seven penalties this year. They might get the odd one. It could be Sander Berg that's on them. Underlying numbers last year were pretty good, but that was in the Championship. Last time he was in the Premier League, nowhere near that good. So... Again, nothing to get excited about here, but he should at least play pretty much every single game. And fixture-wise, look, they're not great first six, but this is a player that's mostly going to sit on your bench. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Just some other names that I looked at. Kovacic keeps coming up, could play in the Gundogan role. Problem there is that's not guaranteed. He might play some games, then not play others. And also it blocks a Man City spot. We've all got Haaland. 
As soon as another attacker or a defender looks nailed on, we're all going to want them. So I just don't think I would put Kovacic in my team for that point of view. Brownhill at Burnley, although those of you that have played FPL for a while will know that he was 4.5 in previous seasons. So it doesn't feel great to have to spend five, but he should be nailed on. Did get quite a few goals and assists last year. But again, that was in the championship. This is another step up this time. So in terms of minutes... He's probably quite comparable to someone like Sanderberg, so you could look at him as well if you want a uh, kind of newly promoted player instead. And Bournemouth, who have now got a new manager making some new signings, someone like Cliver is also 5 million. So again, we can get an idea in pre-season where he's going to play and if he's nailed and stuff like that. But he could also be a... I was going to say exciting then. That is definitely the wrong word. He could just be an option. Even if Bournemouth's opening fixtures aren't great, again, it doesn't matter. This player should mostly be on your bench anyway. So usually at 4.5 million, we have a few guaranteed players that won't necessarily get us attacking returns, but will get us minutes. So if they have to come off the bench, they can get you those two or three points. This year, there's hardly any options, but we should have at least one. And that is Nakamba, who's currently an Aston Villa player, but last year he was on loan at Luton. And it does look like he's going to sign for them this season. If he does, he should be nailed on. Not going to get you many attacking returns, but should hopefully get you those two or three points if he does sub on. And given that he's mostly going to be on the bench anyway I wouldn't worry about the fact that Luton blank in game week two I've put Luton's fixtures next to him outside of that I don't think there's any players right now that we can say are definitely going to get minutes. There's a few players that people are talking about. One is Endombele. What if he gets that attacking eight role for Spurs? He would be an absolute bargain. But again, that is not a guarantee. Madison's going to fill one of those roles. And then someone like Skip could play there. Benton is not an option right now because he's injured. But there are quite a few players that could play in that role for Spurs. So it'd be great. If Ndombele is nailed on, then I probably would put him in my team if I was playing a 3-4-3 or a 4-4-2. But we definitely need to see more in pre-season. And then someone like McAtee, a lot of people are saying he could go back to Sheffield United. I think he was on loan there last year from Man City. So we'll have to keep an eye on stuff like that in pre-season. But right now, Nakamba looks our best bet for the 4.5 million midfielders. Let me know if any of these players on uh, this list that I've spoken about are going in your team. Is there anyone I've missed I should have included? Leave me a comment below. Give the video a like if you enjoyed it hit subscribe if you haven't already and make sure to check out fantasy football hub links in the description below sports social podcast network